How are you? Good, thanks. How are you? I'm good. What yeah. are we in Spain? About four o'clock? You're two hours ahead? Uh, five, uh, three o'clock. Three o'clock. Three o'clock. Hour ahead, maybe. Yeah. Cool. You know, you shouldn't, you should, shouldn't you be on a siesta? <laughs> I'm not that Spanish yet. Yeah, no. yeah. You haven't gone totally native. <laughs> exactly. No. And I think I will never. It's, it's really, it's really an odd habit. It's, uh, you know, uh, I've been trying to buy some stuff here um, at two, three, and it's just, everything's just closed. I think, but yeah, siesta's got to be precursed by a long lunch, a couple of glasses of wine. The yeah. concept's good. One day, one day, the concept's good. Yeah, exactly. When we're done with the business, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Shall I start? Shall I do an introduction of myself, Philip? Shall I go yeah. first? Sounds like a good plan, Paul. Cool. Okay, so, um, yeah, my name's Paul Miles. I, I lead the team here at, at Big Red Recruitment. Um, I, I've been in um, IT recruitment almost my entire career. I... I um, I left university, I did a degree in um, surveying, didn't want to be a surveyor, and a friend of mine worked in recruitment and uh, said, hey, think you'd be good at this, come and have a try, and I've been in the industry ever since. That's 97 was when I I started. I spent five years working for the same company, and then actually my boss left. I stayed there for about another year, and they came and poached me, uh, and I went to work for them when Big Red was a startup. That was back in 2001. And I've been here ever since. So I sort of started as a junior member of the team, and and it's been a good journey because I've yeah I've, I've worked with what I'd call my friends basically. Yeah. Um, and as time has gone on, they've wanted to take more of a step back, which has allowed me some room to grow. Um, and then that followed through right through to 2020, when myself and a couple of other directors here did a management buyout and. Um, yeah, the original founding owners, uh, yeah, they're still involved. They're, they're still sort of, yeah, there as a support. John is our chairman. Um, nice. But it's a, it's, a, yeah, it's a new iteration of Big Red. So since 2020, there's myself and, and two of the directors who have been have been leading it. But yeah, essentially, we're, a, we're an IT digital and change recruitment company. I think if you cut us open, we're a good old IT, old-fashioned IT recruitment company. But over okay. the last five or seven years, we've been doing more change and transformation stuff, program and project management and EMO um, type recruitment, which is sort of functions, I guess, that used to used to exist in IT departments that have, have come yeah. out and, and taken on their own their own entity. Um, so but yeah, I'm a, I'm a good old fashioned IT recruiter at, at heart, which is mad because I yeah, like I'm definitely not from a technical background, not particularly technically competent, technically minded. But over mm. the years, I've absolutely loved working in technology. It's it's fascinating. It's really it cool. is fascinating. I think they, they, they talk about that with uh, uh, people selling cars, though. The ones that are good at cars and understands, you know, what's under the hood is usually not the best salesman for cars. So yeah. maybe that's correct yeah. as well for IT recruitment. Yeah, I've described it like... The IT industry, I've described my, my knowledge is like the opposite of, uh, well, no, it's like an iceberg. It's like I, I know I know a little bit, yeah, but there's loads more underneath. Yeah. It's like I can almost talk to any technologist for about 15 minutes before they're going to lose me because then I've yeah. run out of knowledge. I've got knowledge on lots of different technical subjects, but uh, it's about 15 minutes before I run out of um <laughs> Yeah, okay, I'm out of information now. But it's a good, it's a good industry to be in. It's been been changing. Sounds sounds like a, a, an interesting uh, time for you as well. If you you know you bought out the, the earlier owners, so you're basically in some kind of startup scale up mode now with the 
Yeah, it felt the, the business. The post MBO bit felt really weird because, like, um, like the founder sort of exited stage left, and it and it was ours. Um, but it was the same business; like, it, nothing yeah. had changed. So we actually sat down and went right. Okay, well, let's feels like we want to put our own stamp on it and make it our thing rather than just continue doing the same thing. So we did a rebrand, we did a new website, we did a new CRM, um, we did an office refresh. Um, so we just sort of spent six months or so putting our stamp on it, yeah. um, which which I think helped make it feel ours rather than it just a complete continuation, which was which was good. Makes sense. Makes sense. What about your background, Philippe? How, how, what brought you to here? Um, all right. So well, my name is Philip Nilsson. Um, I'm the co-founder of, of WorkWide, where basically my responsibilities are, you know, all things commercial. So all the fun stuff, as well as the, the financial aspects of the company, which is less fun. Um, <laughs> but uh, basically, WorkWide, we are a talent acquisition technology and services company. And we're working in the multilingual talent and relocation niche. Um, so we have a little bit of a different take, I think, than most TRM members. Uh, we basically run platforms for job seekers that are looking for international job opportunities. And then we also have basically an internal team of recruitment, relocation experts that are offering you know, recruitment services to our, to our clients. Um, so we, we started in Sweden with basically a platform for Swedes that is looking for jobs abroad. And then employers around the globe outside of Sweden that is looking for, for Swedish speakers. Uh, this was back in 2015. Um, and since then, we've grown a concept. So we've launched platforms in Germany, in France, the Netherlands, Denmark, Norway, Italy. And we're in the process of launching also in Finland and, and Spain. Wow. Um, and each of these platforms, they're basically completely niche for candidates that are speaking that language, looking for jobs abroad and or employers looking to hire that language, language yeah. talent uh, abroad. Um, we, we basically ran, first ran the business with a kind of job board business model. Uh, we're selling, you know, job adverts and recruitment marketing initiatives. But since a couple of years back, we also introduced uh, recruitment services. Yeah. Um, and we're still offering both options, but the business model that we're focused on now is basically the recruitment services. And a lot of our efforts goes into technology, product development on the platforms, which in turn, you know, our recruitment services team leverages yeah. to have kind of a strong inflow of candidates yeah. to, to our different clients. That's really interesting because you're arriving in the recruitment, in the traditional recruitment market, actually with a real strong USP is it's our platform. Like we... Exactly. Yeah, we've got we we're known in this world. Yes, so yeah. we have direct access to the talent pool that we are hiring to our clients uh, yeah. for. Yeah, that's that's really that's really interesting, and I I would imagine a powerful yeah powerful sell. Definitely, definitely, it works. <laughs> yeah. So you say you started in in Sweden. What are the what are the hot markets? What are the markets where? Yeah, what are the what are the labor movements? Yeah, so I mean, we we focus mainly uh, towards southern uh, European destinations, um, mainly because of the uh, the incitements that are there. So if a Swede wants to relocate and move abroad, or German wants to relocate and, and move abroad, they tend to want to go to something that's sunny. Yeah. 
Um, so we have a very high inflow of candidates to the Southern European markets. Uh, it tends to be volume recruitment. So we, we work with shared service centers, BPOs, the iGaming companies on Malta, uh, and it tends to be you know, entry positions, customer service, entry tech support, marketing, sales, etc. Yeah, interesting. And what what prompted the move into more to lean into recruitment as the future strategy? Is that <laughs> that financial decision, or or is it just become more competitive as a job board? What's that? What was motivating that? Uh, that's a good question. So so we looked at. We looked at the model that we were having, which was a traditional job board model, and we were looking into kind of creating a performance-based model um, to get paid for the value that we bring. So we looked at obviously how Indeed are doing things, the pay-per-click model, etc. But we f- felt that that's a little bit skewed because you know our candidates are motivated to go abroad; they're more worth than maybe if you're advertising yeah. on Indeed, etc. Um, so. We ended up basically uh, uh, looking at the recruitment services model and, and, and we took the decision to, to, to move into that field for that reason, yeah. uh, to get paid for the value that we bring to the clients. Because it was a little bit skewed. I mean, some advertisers, they're hiring, I don't know, 10 people from an ad and they're paying us a couple of hundred euros. And then, yeah. you know, some advertisers don't hire anyone from their ad. So, um, yeah, we wanted to get paid for the value that we bring. Yeah. And can the customer still buy either level of service or does it all yeah. come as one yeah at the moment yeah. it's, it's either or both yeah exactly so we have some that are buying just job adverts and, and recruitment marketing some are our recruitment services clients and then we have a few that is a hybrid usually the big ones yeah cool okay mm-hmm. should we dive into some of these questions that we've been set as Let's um so. as homework so <laughs> That's the first one. Um, what are some of the key changes you've seen across the world of recruitment over the last 12 to 18 months? Um, do you want to go first or should I go first? What, how do you want that? Uh, I can go first. I mean, AI, obviously. Um, yeah. I think a very interesting one for us there was just chat GPT. So, I mean, if you look at how we do things, we work mainly with incoming candidates, right? We built the machinery, a leads generator, uh, generating uh, incoming flow of candidates. And one of the things that our recruiters tend, used to do was to write job adverts. Um, but they they aren't experts on that. They're not content writers or copywriters, right? Mm-hmm. So um, ChatGPT, we, we don't write job adverts anymore. Uh, yeah. ChatGPT does that for us, obviously. And I think that's probably how most people are doing it. But especially in our business, given that you know we leverage the platforms, we advertise there uh, yeah. uh, to get incoming. I think that's a been, been a key change for us and in general uh, for the recruitment industry. Have you seen have you seen an uptick in response rates? Yes. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. we've also divided it now. So, so we have a couple of people in the recruitment services team that are managing the uh, um, the, the creation of the, the, the content for everyone. Earlier yeah. on, everyone was doing a little bit of everything, but now we've divided it. So for those recruiters, they also go through training, they read books about content, etc. Because even though ChatGPT is good, you need to also know how to prompt yeah. uh, ChatGPT to do what you want it, right? Yeah. And if I'm honest, we, my marketing manager uses it, but as a, the consultants aren't using it, um, some are using it and some aren't. Um, mm. But the instances I've seen is actually that 
it's you can get it to produce the content, but actually the the last five percent yep. is the bit that you, uh, yeah you're putting your little bit of color over the top of it. Exactly, is the bit that makes it personalized and makes it feel you. You'll get your tone into it. Exactly, and I think I mean the purpose of of any ad is to sell something, right? So uh, if you're talking about job adverts, uh, it should be someone that understands marketing. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's why we've divided it, and we're you know they're doing training for that, and they're reading books, content, and uh, and so on to become experts on the subject, so that they can also see those and add those extra five percent yeah that's interesting we've got um we've bought um source whale as a tool doing mm -hmm. automated email uh, campaigns for us but um the like so we've got six consultants at the moment using it and they've had really varying degrees of success i mean they're all roughly doing the same thing mm, interesting but the two people who have had the most success have probably worked most closely with our marketing manager to get the messaging right yeah. um that's uh so yeah, i think you're absolutely right it's just it's it's not naturally a salesperson's um skill set to yeah. to write great content um so it's interesting yeah mm -hmm. it's that forever ending question right should we be working on our weaknesses or do more of what we're we're good at and kind of honing those skills yeah 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 um so key changes that i've seen over the last 12 to 18 months i guess uh, sort of coming away from the the tech advancements and just talking more generally about the market we've we've seen a real change in the market in in the in the last nine months um the it was almost like it was boom time last year and the year before but we didn't really realize it and yeah. this year feels more, much more like 2019 2018 and the real thing that we've been doing this year is almost retraining our team to actually um to sell and deliver and and keep their pipeline full of opportunity mm. we'd become a little bit um uh yeah overconfident a little yeah. bit lazy in terms of the business development side um so we've sort of spent nine months rebuilding our sales engine yeah, engaging in 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 some clever tech likes of, of source well and what have you um so we're yeah it's really interesting um one of the absolute like basic things that we saw was totally different like 2019 you wanted to make a sales call you could call the reception and go through the reception and go yeah. and call someone at their desk yeah. and now if you haven't got their mobile number it's like forget the phone it's yeah. um it, that's yeah, so stark it's like nobody in our business will make a sales call unless they've got a mobile number now and that's like totally alien to, to how we thought in 2019 that um, makes sense yeah yeah, and I guess I guess the landscape's changed, right? During those those buzzing years, it was basically working more reactive to to opportunities versus proactive that yeah. is needed in today's landscape. Yeah, I think we were probably in a stark like because we've had the business for a long time, we've got lots of loyal clients that just didn't do as much in 2020. Yeah. We had some challenges in our team, so the team the team shrunk, like, um, and we were rebuilding the team. Mm. So it was almost like we'd got a smaller team and we were we were running to keep up with the demand. The phone was ringing, emails would come in saying, can we get one of these? Can we get five of these? So it felt very different. It felt like we were running hard to service the people who knew us and liked what we did. Yeah. And now it's like, okay, well, that group of people are still around, but they're just not doing things in as much volume. So it's um, back to normal. 
Yeah, makes sense. We have the same. I mean, we have some technology clients in Ireland mainly, and uh, I mean, they're all on hiring freeze at the moment, yeah. so even still today, right? So the beginning of the year, that part of the business just kind of died, right? So um, it's been quiet. What's what's been the better areas for you? Are there are there industries that you've seen? Because I guess your yeah. that volume recruitment, you're going across lots of different banking, uh, online retail, all sorts of different sectors. So nearshoring, so the BPOs, the business process outsourcing yeah. companies. So they tend to go well in in recession, right? Because all yeah. the big companies they they they're looking to to cut costs, etc. So they're they're offshoring or nearshoring. Um, they're moving functions from let's say more expensive locations like yep. the Nordic countries and, and Germany to cheaper uh, places such as Southern Europe or Central and Eastern Europe. So we definitely see um, you know, our BPO clients um, have a big need at the moment. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's cool. And what about the future? What do you, what do you think? We're, what the thing, what are the challenges for you? For you or what are the opportunities for your business so ai again i think that's both an opportunity but also somewhat of a, of a threat so if you look at our business um definitely opportunities to integrate different ai tools within the business and, and leverage uh, that technology yeah um but that's also true for our clients right so if you look at i talked about bpos uh growing they tend to do quite transactional things such as you know picking up the phone or answering an email or chat customer support etc so when is ai going to be ready to do that and what's that going to yeah. mean for the bpos and you know in turn for us yeah that's in that's interesting because you yeah the, the positive of ai could become a threat to the businesses basically um, no. yeah we we've um what another thing we've seen happen and i think we'll continue to see happen is actually as well our our clients are leaning towards us when, when they need more senior hires or yeah. or more niche hires. We used to do a fair bit of sort of graduate recruitment or what I'd call lower level twenty to thirty k recruitment mm. um, in more volume, and they're definitely doing more of that directly. Like they yeah. they've got the technology to get to that type of candidate reasonably easily mm. so i think we've we've seen a little bit of what you're describing in that actually our market has shifted a bit further up the food chain yep. a bit more into some niche technology areas that's um, what what we're seeing as well and expecting yeah. really is yeah. going to happen in our markets as well so so threat or and opportunity at the same time right yeah. as long as we're lean and and um you know jump on the train in in the right timing we'll be fine <laughs> yeah we're, we've been thinking about new markets and doing different things, sort of thinking ahead. And I know a lot of the guys at TRN have been talking about the US. I was with somebody yesterday who's, who's launched a tech recruitment business in the US. And he's, mm -hmm. he's so excited about that opportunity, he sees it as, um, as a really exciting market for UK-based recruiters to try and break into. Um, so I, I don't know. I, just in the last twenty four hours, I'm we got lots of things that we're trying at the moment in the UK. So I don't know if I'll be trying to just take on too much at the same time. But uh, I'm definitely interested in the next twelve to eighteen months to to start looking broader than um, broader than the UK. And the US seems to be 
yeah, seems to be a good opportunity for, for UK recruiters right now. So. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think they're a little bit behind and, you know, the UK market is obviously quite, quite saturated as well. Um, so, and then obviously it, both countries yeah. native speakers. And he was, he was saying that it, it really suits the contract market. Like at the moment, our businesses lean slightly more permanent than contract. Um, mm. And he was saying that actually the US market, because the the labor laws around, um, yeah, firing and hiring, like there's less less control less um protection yeah um so there's less incentive for people to be a permanent employee and lots more people do work in in the especially in especially in the tech market in the contract uh, market um so and he was saying yeah there's a real opportunity for, for people to go out there and, and build strong contract businesses so interesting maybe maybe over the next 12 months we'll have a little look at, at that yeah. <laughs> cool should we dive into these other questions um so, sounds good so what do we have first we had um so an old classic do recruiters actually enjoy new business development um i guess you might have an interesting take on this because you didn't start as a new business development would have been a very different thing i guess when you were a job board yeah as to what it is as a recruitment company is that fair to say or i think it's fair to say i think we use more a of a self-service is the job board more of a self-service style of sell or were you on the phone selling? We were on the phone. So so we've, I mean, the sales process that we have is pretty similar, actually. Um, okay. So, so yeah, but I think, I think this in general is a quite an, an interesting topic. So we run a 180 degree model. So we have a sales team that is fully focused on acquiring, you know, new business and a recruitment team that takes care of the, the candidate delivery. Um, yeah. I guess that's also, um, you know, inherited from the job board side of things. It was natural for us to to build it like that. Um, but also, my take on it is that they should be separated roles. Um, I think each each role has their own requirements, and as such, it's kind of different people that should do the job. They're both sales roles, but one sells to organizations and one sells to people or or business to consumer. And I think it kind of requires different skills and, and knowledges. Um, especially if we're talking about enterprise clients, which is typically who we sell to. So, you know, in, in your sales cycle and, and process, you have to be able to manage, you know, not only hiring manager and a person, but also, uh, or, or recruitment department, but also, let's say, procurement, legal department, finance departments. So there's a lot of complexity in these sales processes that, that kind of requires a lot from the person selling. Um, yeah. So, you know... You're managing different department stakeholders. Um, so for, for me, if you're working as a recruiter, um, you, you, or you can, you can basically hone those skills and, and, yeah. and keep it into to that lane kind I, of. I think it's definitely two different types of skill sets and, and almost two sides of the brain. It's like actually um, selling is quite a creative yeah. thing thing i've always thought it's it's about for me it's about identifying opportunity joining the dots thinking that industry that type of company what's my story i think it's exactly. a it's a creative thinking type role you you're sort of always on um whereas the candidate side i think is much more analytical it's much more um I understand the company. I understand the client. Is that a good match? I'm reading and yeah. analyzing CV, and there, the creative and analytical sides of the brain are quite are quite different. 
I Definitely. Think you're, I agree. You're absolutely right. It's um we've got uh we haven't gone for the 180 or 360 model. We actually split our commission structure into four parts. So we we call it a a new business part, an account management part, a project management part, and a resource part. So the the new business person is just the person who opens the door, the person who books an original meeting with that customer to go and talk about what they want. The account mm -hmm. manager owns the relationship ongoing. They've, they've got to retain it. They've got to grow it. The project manager is the person who takes the brief from the client, maybe interviews the candidates, manages the, the interview process, the offer process, make sure that that particular recruitment campaign is well managed and, and well planned. And then the resourcer is the person who, who goes and finds the candidate and just brings the candidate into the recruitment process. Hmm. And we've got scenarios where that's all one person. And we've got scenarios where somebody's just doing the resourcer and other people are doing other parts. So we may have over-engineered it and over-complicated it, but we've done it like that forever. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we've sort of given people the choice as to where they want to manage yeah put their skill sets where they yeah. want to focus and we've got some people here who who really like the idea of being 360 and we've got other people who say actually i i much prefer the candidate side and that's where yeah. i focus so we're sort of trying to give people options but the challenge that comes with that and i guess it's the same in your business with the 180 model is you you constantly got to get your levels right like are yeah. we selling enough to keep the people busy yeah if, what do we if we haven't got enough business in what do we do with the deliverers yeah, do we make exactly. them sell or do we what or do we build candidate pipelines? It's like that's not today revenue. Is that a good there so I think go. that's the challenge for us is that if we're gonna give people different career paths and and it's just trying to get the balance right. Yeah, and I think also from an acquisition perspective, for us at least, it's much, much easier to find, uh, you know, talent or recruitment uh, team, but not for the sales team. Uh, that's yeah. a complete other ballgame. Um, so, so yeah, balancing that uh, as well has been somewhat tricky. Yeah, yeah, us, we yeah. we could definitely if we if we needed to turn the tap of recruiters on tomorrow. Yeah, we could do that far quicker exactly. than we could Same. turning a tap of of salespeople on. Yeah. Um, and it, I think it's easier to train a recruiter than it is to train from from scratch the, Definitely. the salesperson. Um, I think it's also one of those things. I mean, uh, you know, I believe a lot in, in, in self-education and, and I believe in becoming an ex expert on kind of fewer subjects rather than good at several. Yeah. Um, and it's easier to become, say, a great recruiter or a great salesman if you get to focus all your energy on that, you know, consuming... Uh, educational content about recruitment compared to dividing your attention with recruitment and let's say b2b sales yeah um, interestingly enough the the person i was talking to yesterday who's started in the u.s market um they were having a conversation about this the commission structure for for the mm -hmm. u.s market and the guy in the U.S. was very much saying that the commission structure should be heavily weighted towards the salesperson. Mm. Um, so our our commission structure is pretty evenly divided across all of those those areas I mentioned, those four parts. Yeah. Whereas, um, yeah, the, the the conversation we were we were debating is that actually the the salesperson felt like it 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 should be a near a 70 30 split yeah which which is um it's interesting um i guess if you did that you 
you're gonna you know turn the sales tap up and maybe higher maybe attract different types of people into that that type of role mm. um but the counter argument is is that okay if you paid less commission on the delivery side are you then going to reduce the the quality of capability of your delivery team both sides need to work don't they well yeah, of course. Yeah, it's it's one of those things again with balance, right? We we do it similar. We have it a little bit heavier on the on the sales side. Um, mm. Yeah, um, but I think personally, having worked in sales for fourteen years, um, I think it's a tougher job. Yeah, I think uh, I can see why you'd say that. I think it I think it depends on what scenario you're in. There's definitely yeah. times where our delivery team. So one of our other questions is talking about retained and contingent. Like all of our assignments are exclusive. Yeah. So they're essentially retained. So the pressure to deliver our delivery guys on, like if we don't deliver, like that client's going to go somewhere else because they've put all of their eggs into one basket. So our delivery guys have to be really, really good. And that brings a pressure. It brings a pressure because the salesperson is going, how's that project going? Like, because they don't earn their commission until that, projects delivered um and it brings a like we've got to retain the client we've got to produce excellence in service so that brings a pressure on our um on our delivery team um that that makes sense and i can see that in in different verticals or niches it's going to be different right so if you're yeah yeah, you're in it so that makes a lot of sense yeah 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 um cool i think we covered that one anything else on the new business question you want to cover uh, no, I think that's that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, okay. So the next one we've been given is: Is marketing marketing just a load of old fluff and a distraction to recruitment recruiters, or is it business critical? Sorry, Paul. You all right? Uh, yeah. Sorry, I have some technical problems. So just one second. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No need worries. To put the charger on my headset. One second. Hear me now? Yes. Yeah, cool. I'll do the question again. Um, Is marketing just a load of old fluff and a distraction to recruiters, or is it business critical? I, I guess starting in a business, an online job board type business, marketing pretty yeah. important. Um, yeah in the foundation of your business anyway yeah still as, I mean, still as important today absolutely crucial for us absolutely so i think it goes back to again like it depends on the the niche you're operating in what kind of what recruitment company you are how you built your model uh, a search firm should probably not focus too much on, on marketing and yeah. i think also obviously size of the business is is also another variable but for us it's absolutely crucial uh, I mean, we've built our whole recruitment uh, model on incoming leads. Um, we own and operate a direct line to, to the audience, which is our own platform. So, I mean, if you look at it, we we actually don't even do sourcing um, in the traditional way. Uh, our recruiters doesn't even have like paid LinkedIn licenses. Right. <laughs> so essentially, like our platforms and marketing initiative acts as the sourcing team of a traditional agency. Yeah. Uh, going back to your point about using ChatGPT to write adverts, hugely important. That yeah. content's really bloody good. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 
Um, mm, so it's an interesting one. Yeah. I think, you know, to answer the question though, like, uh, it, I think it is a distraction, and I, I don't, I don't think on face value it's it's effect, effective that recruiters do the marketing. They are they are recruiters. They're they're not marketeers. Yeah. Um, they're not experts, so they should probably not be, be, be doing it. Like a personal branding, thought leadership on LinkedIn, you know, that's another thing um, yeah. that's for sure worthwhile. Uh, but talent acquisition through marketing, that should probably be done by a marketeer. Yeah. So the, um, yeah, we've, we've, we've really been around the houses with marketing and because we're, I guess in our DNA, we're a sales organization. We're a recruitment company, but we're we're a sales organization. So almost every fiber of my body goes like ROI, ROI. Yeah, How yeah. what yeah, someone draw a line from me from a pound note to um, something we did in marketing. Yeah. And it's actually only until the last couple of months that I've started to give myself and and more importantly, my marketing manager, who is absolutely brilliant, a break and say, Okay, let's let's not view it like that. Let's view that as a as a bonus, mm. but let's view it as as your supporting act. That your your role is to make our salespeople perform better. Yeah. And um, are you giving them the content? Are you giving them the sales collateral to help them put themselves into the right position? And and I think. I think that stance at the moment for us is a more healthy one than the original, like, okay, what's in the marketing sales pot? Yeah. Um, because it's ridiculous. Like we had what we call a bluebird. So somebody phones in and says, Hey, I'd like you to help me recruit one of these. Yeah. And someone in the team goes, all oh, right, great. How did you find about us? Um, I found you on Google. Okay, great. So we used to say, okay, that's a win to marketing. That all of that fee yeah. or all of that money through that customer is through to marketing. But I don't actually know if marketing did anything that made that happen. That could have just happened anyway. Like it so it was it was yeah. I didn't know really how to score it properly. So I think by coming away from scoring it and saying the role is to support the sales team. The other interesting point that uh talking to the sales team about marketing when we hired our, our latest marketing manager is that they were so desperate for us to have a better marketing strategy and have a better online. It's when around that time when we did the rebranding and the new mm. website, like the team was so, so, so they felt it so important that they had that support of good quality content going out the door, um, targeted literature, mm. um, yeah, we could do videos, we could do interviews with clients. It's like they just wanted that support. If I took it away tomorrow, there'd be uproar, absolute <laughs> uproar. Um, so I think I've had to evolve my thinking in saying, okay, well, this is this is to support this team. It's an investment to support this team. It's not it's not somewhere where I can draw a, a direct line in the model that we have. Yeah, and I think that that's a very interesting one because for us personally, I think. You know the follow-up on this is, is crucial um so we have a model so we use the ruas model return on ad spend uh, model yeah. um so we can even track like we can track all the channels even down to a specific campaign a kind of creative level uh, where we know exactly the the amount of euros that we put in and what we're getting back in the, the percentages um yeah. so for us that's been um 
crucial. We and we spend uh, quite a lot of money on marketing as well. So, um, but but I guess that is, yeah, you're go, you're going after a volume market, yeah. like where it's about right. We we've got to be the biggest, brightest star in the sky yeah. to attract people to us, and what our so when I talk to, it's interesting because when I talk about marketing. I immediately don't think about the candidate at all. Mm. I only think about you the client. About clients, yeah. I, I, how do we attract clients? How do I how do I convince more clients to use our service? Because it's almost like if I convince the client to use our service, I will find the candidates. It's like I've got all the tools yeah. and the tech. Yeah. I'll get to the candidate. Um, whereas I think some other recruitment businesses are like your own. It's actually it's much more of a balanced view of we're trying to market to candidates. We were, we were having the conversation about um, paid LinkedIn advertising mm-hmm. um, last week or the week before to try and attract clients. And I was like, we're just trying to find people who could give me a strong case to say, oh, yeah, we did paid LinkedIn advertising and we got inbound leads from clients saying we'd like to use your services. Yeah. And I couldn't find any. <laughs> I could, everybody goes back to that whole well it's part of your marketing mix it's you you've got to do it alongside mm. everything else and the bigger picture and then so i've gone yeah i've gone i've paused it as as i do with many of these marketing ideas <laughs> but, um because i just i just couldn't draw the line back to that revenue it's it's yeah. marketing's not i i'm quite traditional in my thinking marketing's not that one thing it is a marketing mix you've got to do many things to get to get an end result it's really interesting uh this discussion because i mean we actually don't even do business to business marketing we only right. do marketing to uh to candidates yeah um and again we have the like full tracking on there we can see exactly on onto the like pennies and cents what it gives um but i think it can be done also for b2b marketing as long as you you kind of get that model up whatever model you choose and uh yeah, probably Ruas is a good one for for that as well. Um, but yeah, you're very correct. I'm thinking about the the uh, the candidates rather than than the clients. And the clients, yeah, um, yeah, and because that's that's your USP, isn't it? We've got the candidates. Yeah, the candidates are coming to us. So why wouldn't you come to us, Mister Client? Whereas it's like I, when we're out selling, I'm selling. Like I understand the market that you're in. We've got the tools. We've got the network. Give me your exactly. project, and yep. I'll go and find the candidates for you. Yeah. Um, it's the same same job but different way of doing it yeah yeah exactly our, our philosophy here was really build it and they will come because if we have the candidates the business will come and yeah. uh yeah so that's that's been our philosophy um interesting yeah cool okay should we do this third question um so should a recruitment business be a retained partner to an organization or stay as a contingent supplier? Um, so, I, yeah, I mentioned earlier, we've um, we've got we've almost like we're going to TRN and you meet like hundreds of different businesses in TRN. And and there's a big drive to sell more exclusive retained work. We've we've always sold exclusive retained work, so we've never done anything else. Like since we started the business back in two thousand and one. Yeah. And um, so that's in our DNA. It's like I I 
I absolutely believe that if you, there's lots of complexity to this, but if you just took one vacancy and one organization and they didn't have an internal recruitment team, the concept of giving that vacancy to one recruiter and giving that recruiter responsibility for that search, as long as they're searching in a market that they know and they, mm. they understand and they've got some evidence, they've done it before. I don't know why you'd give it to more than one. Just give somebody responsibility and they'll go and do a really good job for you. And I've built a whole career based on that philosophy is mm. give me responsibility and I'll tell you if I can't do it. And if I say I can do it, I'll go and get it done for you. Um, and our our delivery numbers are, are, I think, really impressive. Like 70% of the vacancies that we take on, we fill what we call first time. So that's within two and a half weeks. And 85% we fill all together so like it might take us two goes so it might take us five weeks yeah but 85 percent of the value of the vacancies coming through the door were filling in in five to six weeks and i think most recruitment companies would say i'll take those stats every day of the week definitely and, yeah and they're and they're really powerful stats to the client as well the challenge i've got and and i've started a contingent recruitment business in the last six months um is that I don't think with the changing landscape of the recruitment market, every organization will buy that style of service yeah. because some people have built internal recruitment teams and they don't want to give one recruiter responsibility because whatever dynamic that they've got going on. So purely from a let's make more money perspective, it makes sense for us to have different offerings. It makes mm. sense for us to have a retained offering and it makes sense for us to have a contingent offering mm. um after running a business for 20 years of doing things one way i'm terrified about <laughs> yeah can we do it the other yeah. way and how do we how do we present that to our clients because i think it makes it it makes the job of the salespeople person much more complicated when you're saying you could have a or you could have b mm. um Whereas in the past, we've had it almost easy because we've gone, we've got this model. This is what we do. Okay, you don't want to buy that. You want to work with multiple agencies. I wish you all the best. Come back to us if it doesn't work. But yeah. that's not for us, which is quite powerful. Um, but I think it is limiting in, in how big and how quickly we can grow. It makes sense, especially with your numbers. Um, it's an interesting topic, this one. We, we do both. Um, but what we're doing is that we're incentivizing the retained model uh, with cheaper prices. So we build basically, a, it's a hybrid of a subscription model. So they pay us a monthly fee for uh, typically for a year or if it's a specific project, maybe for four or five months or, or depending on you know the, the circumstances. And then on top of that, we have a, a placement fee as well. Um, that placement fee is is lower than if you go with the contingent model. So we do offer both, but we incentivize the retain model. And I agree with you. Um, I think it is limiting to not sell the contingent model. Um, at the same time, for us as well, like we're looking at that recurring revenue stream, that secured re uh, uh, revenue stream, and especially you know going back to the pandemic, etc. Since then, um, this has been a very important topic for us to build up that. Uh, MRR or ARR, um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it is limiting, and I, I guess each and every one for themselves. But having both options is is probably the best way forward. Yeah, yeah. It's a, the, if you can, 
yeah, if you if you if you can get it right, and I, and I think it's it's really interesting at the moment. What we've done internally is that we've got a different delivery team in contingent recruitment to a different in retained recruitment. Yeah, because they're they work at different speeds. Like the guys in the contingent team are turning shortlists around, or they're getting CVs into the client. Like yeah. it's like a conveyor belt. Whereas in our retain contingent sorry retain exclusive model it's like brief us we'll go and do a search and then we'll deliver a shortlist mm. so the 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 our delivery guys have got much more time to go and do a really accurate job so it, even as a even as a resource or a deliverer they are slightly di- they're doing the same job but they're slightly different beasts yeah. um, um and instead of blending the resourcing team and saying okay well some of the jobs you're working on is contingent and some you're working on is um exclusive yeah we've split it out one of the one of the selling points when you're selling the exclusive stuff as well is that we've committed to the clients that the resources won't work on more than four vacancies so we can't yeah. whereas in a contingent model you're going to need 10 12 vacancies and exactly. more to make it work um but yeah, that's inherently built into that kind of that model, right? That you have yeah. to do that. Um, so I, I guess that also ties into the the business development as well to have enough of those yeah. vacancies, right? To have those 10, 12, 14 that you actually need to have in order to do to run it contingent. Um, and if you have capabilities of acquiring that much business or not. Yeah. Yeah, it's that. I mean, that's one of the challenges. So we've just started the contingent business a few months ago. I've been trying to hire a guy for a while to come in and set this up for me. It's been in my head. The idea has been in my head for a while, but I've been waiting for the right person who I think could could operate in our business and, and do it in the right way. Um, and he came in and it was like literally week three, he'd got 14 vacancies on. So he's now trying to fill his 14 vacancies but he's trying to get out there and sell new as well. Yeah. And it was really quickly. It was like, it's not one, this is definitely not one person. We <laughs> thought we might need to hire someone else a little bit further down the line, but we need to bring that. We need to bring that now. Yeah. And then like, it's completely ironic. Like the, we just had a guy, Sam join us. And it was like the week before he joined us, Ian had got like nine, 10 vacancies open. And then like, they filled two, three went away. It was Sam joined. It was like there was two, and, and Ian's like, "I've got to find some more vacancies." It's much more of a you've got to keep on the yeah. conveyor belt to fill exactly. that up. Um, so that, that also ties into the early question then with the uh, three sixty or one eighty, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that mo- yeah, that model that we're talking about there is very much one eighty that they've yeah. fallen into so far. That makes um, sense. So maybe we w- maybe in our contingent world we will end up much more defined 180 i don't know that decision hasn't been made yet we haven't yeah. even thought that through properly i don't think but um we might end up with a more of a 180 model in a contingent business because i think you're right it's the speed of the way yeah. you've got to do both sides is is really high yeah exactly and you need to keep that pipeline big and always ongoing kind of yeah so in, in your business like getting that recurring revenue um by selling more yeah more sticky services uh, yeah a baseline of income coming in i'm guessing your market doesn't lend itself to the contract world or does it is the no. other no it's all permanent hires it's all perm. yeah yeah 
is uh, could there be an opportunity for you I guess some of your clients would they be sort of campaign driven like we need x number of resource for this period of time yeah, yeah. some of them would, would um yeah, depends on, on really the industry. So, I mean, we're not industry specific. We work with, you know, the business services sector, iGaming, tourism, etc. Yeah. So, it, it really depends on the sector or industry. Um, so, that's why we're also looking into and, and closing, like, retained business based on project or kind of ongoing um, for the ones that has an ongoing need, uh, which tends to be the BPOs or yeah. the shared service centers. Yeah. Because yeah. that, I, I've been through... See, been through a pandemic. I went, came through the financial crisis as well, oh nine ish, um, and you're absolutely right. The recurring revenue like saved us both times. But yeah. in in our business, having it, this, it's the contract side of the business, which is our recurring revenue, um, because you know we were very very lucky in oh nine. We were working with one of the big supermarkets in the UK who had already committed to doing. Um, an ERP transformation right at the start of the financial crisis. And they were into the project. They they just kept going. And the supermarkets did okay in in the financial crisis. So we ended up with 30 or 40 contractors working on that particular project that just gave us that recurring revenue. It was like, because all of the permanent stuff just went yeah, I remember that, you know, when the pandemic hit and, you know, it's one thing that everyone was, was, you know, stamping on the brakes. Well, we do relocation recruitment. So even logistically, yeah. we could not do recruitment because they, for example, in Malta, they closed down the airport for four months. Yeah. It wasn't logistically possible to place someone, even though we had clients that had... There was a... some demand, but you can't course, move yeah. anyone. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. That was a... Yeah. Challenging. <laughs> challenging time. Really yeah. challenging time. Oh. Yeah. So going on to that AI, back to that AI thing, do you, have you seen any sort of dehumanization of the the recruitment process? Have you have, have you seen any instances where there's opportunity to take people out of the out of the process? I think so to some extent. Um, we leverage quite a lot of technology in the business, um, and. One of the problems that we've had was that we we realized that it dehumanized um, parts of the recruitment process. But I think it's it's a lot about executions, execution and the tools that you're yeah. using. Uh, so it doesn't necessarily have to, um, but it it is important to kind of test and iterate and having that at the back of your mind when you are testing and going through the funnels. Um, yeah. I yeah I had I. On the other side of it, I I received an email, obviously in some email campaign, mm. and it was like I received that person's whole campaign in the space of about four minutes. Yeah, it was like a email arrived, and then another email arrived saying, "Just getting this to the top of your inbox." I'm like, "Well, you're you're only one email below." It's like, <laughs> so, so somebody had got clumsy use of the yeah. of the of the technology. I think that yeah, like you say, you've got to be careful of of how you're using it, but. Like there's one of the guys in my team has has has, put, has now put a thousand opportunities into his Sourcewell campaign, and if you went back to a just doing that one by one, mm. like that would have taken him yeah that's forever yeah. absolutely forever to do that. Um, it's it's 
a little bit terrifying that these emails are just going out and no. it's just happening. You're trusting that the tech works. In fact, we he had he had one the other day where um it's it's made him slash us look a little bit silly because they they copy and pasted a URL for a landing page that they were trying to push clients to go to a landing page and mm. then download a document. Um and they put the URL into the email machine and it did some when they sent the process, it did something to the email and changed the the URL very slightly, which made it um yeah, go nowhere. It went no. from when they tested it like it all worked. They sent the emails out. So they changed it, resent the email out saying, I'm really sorry, I've just sent you something with a broken link. And the link didn't work again. So it was like it was like bad and then really bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think you've got to be careful with this. You with need to technology. you need to evaluate, test, 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 and you know, be, be quickly on it because because yeah. things like that can happen. I had a, a similar thing. I used a, a LinkedIn automation tool, and uh, it was just basically I put in a code to 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 include the name of the person, uh, uh, but it didn't include the name. It included the code, right? Fortunately, I tested it to five people, so it wasn't, you know, at scale. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, yeah, you <laughs> test you, and evaluate. You've got to be careful. It's I don't know about you. I I get approached. I don't know. It's not daily, but it's multiple times a week by different organisations selling tech into the recruitment sector. Yeah. And say I've been doing this a long time, and ten years ago that just was not the case. There is, it's really complicated market to know what to choose when to choose yeah. and i i as a business owner i don't think i'm very good actually at, at buying tech it's mm. like someone tells me a shiny story and it's like oh brilliant yeah. great <laughs> so you See can go out and buy all this tech but i think the lesson that we've learned is landing it adopting it training it yeah. making sure people continue to use it because it's shiny today not tomorrow like that's an art getting that right is a real art one of the guys on my team said actually that he said like rather than just buying it we should write a business case if someone approached us with with an idea yeah. he's actually let's take a step back let's write a business a proper business case like a company would if they were a big company would if they were implementing software um so i think one of the things we've got to learn to do better is actually analyze and adopt and yeah. work out what it's going to do for us and, and measure it properly um Agree, a hundred percent. And uh, one of the things that happened to me as well is just like respecting the time to, to spend on that, right? So you need to implement the tool, and you need to to execute on it, and you need to follow up, and you need to evaluate, etc. Because yeah, I mean, it sounds great when you're getting that pitch. Yeah, There's, the other thing I've seen um, a few products coming onto the market where it seems very disparate. If I look at our tech stack, it's very disparate now. It's it's this product, this product, that links mm. to this product. This There's probably eight or nine different tech products mm. that are all having to talk to each other in some way. And But I've seen a few come into the market now where they're selling, we can bring this all into one platform for you. Yeah. So it, it, I, there's, I think there are organizations who are starting to consolidate into one place. And then the so Bullhorn were really early into this world and, and they were calling it a marketplace, isn't it? So you can buy yeah. a bullhorn and then you're plugging in anything and everything you want to. Yeah. Um, 
Whereas I, th I think maybe the direction of travel is, like, we'll give you a platform that does, does it all from one area. Um, so maybe it's going to simplify again. Yeah, and I think that's also one of the things that we've learned throughout the, the last couple of years is is to try to limit the environments that we're working in. Um, jumping in and out of tools, it's, yeah. it just doesn't make sense, right? We've used quite a lot of, uh, you, do you know uh, Zapier? Yeah. Yeah, so we built quite a lot of integrations via Zapier to, for example, the ATS or the, uh, the CRM that we're using. Yeah. It's yeah, working pretty, pretty I think well. yeah, I think our marketing manager wanted to implement Zapier between a couple of things that we were using, but we then changed strategy on something, so didn't didn't use it. But um yeah, there's yeah, I say it's a really I used to be a recruiter. I don't think yeah. <laughs> some sort of tech analyst now, yeah. uh because it's change it changing. Yeah, yeah. Very uh, so yeah. quickly. Very interesting. Mm. Yeah. So I think we're about an hour um anything else on that list you, you wanted to cover or any points you don't think we've covered um i think okay a quick one then just your take on uh, will technology replace the jobs of recruiters oh blimey yeah i i think i think it will push recruitment companies and we're already seeing it push recruitment companies up the value chain and i think we've got to add more value we've got to add more intelligence to what we're doing mm. i think that the my personal opinion is right now and for the short term foreseeable future tech's not good enough to do all of the thinking it's a it's still very much a people business it's about reading people like yeah. um we train our guys really, really hard and we talk to them lots about candidate management and client management, right? Like, so what what are they saying and are you properly listening to what they're saying? Mm. Uh, because it's someone, anybody can say something to you, but it's the context of that. It's the subcontext. It's what they've done previously will give you the context. And I don't think the technology is there to help with that. Um, so I think that if anything, the market will will contract because I think that some some recruiters will struggle where they've just been very, very, very transactional. Mm. And I think that we'll all be forced up the value chain more. Yeah. Um, I think, but who knows? I, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I think we'll basically leverage more technology, uh, but what that will do is just to enable us to focus more on the human to human kind of parts of the uh, recruitment job. Yeah. Yeah. That's not going to go away. No. And the, yeah, we, we both work in an industry, I think particularly in the UK, I don't know so much about in Europe, but in the UK recruiters have got a terrible name still. Like it's an yeah. industry which comes with a label. It's like yeah. I get I go to the pub and yeah, I'm normally a doctor in the pub or something else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like because people you say you're a recruiter, they're only interested in talking to you when they need a job. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so so like years ago the recruitment industry was was much worse and it was much more transactional in its in its nature mm. and it and it attracted people who who were just very, very money driven. And I think the I think the recruitment industry has modernized and, and transformed lots and lots and lots over the years. And I think this is yeah, AI and technology, I think is 
is another challenge for us, but it pushes yeah. the industry in the right direction. It pushes yeah. into being a more consultative, value add, human mm. um, organization where we need to add more value than than just putting two things together. Yeah, um, yeah, that makes uh, sense. That'd be my that'd be my take. It's not the same in Europe, I'd say. I'd say that label is on, on sales, uh, sales uh, jobs and salespeople, but not right. on, on recruiters uh, and recruitment businesses. I think it's actually the opposite. I think it's something that's looked at uh, as, as a very positive thing. Uh, we have a social impact. We're helping people um, to pursue their dreams, whatever they are, right? Um, that's really careers. interesting. So, so yeah, it's, it's that is uh, really very interesting. Different. The, um, I, yeah. I think I think the UK was one of the first recruitment markets. From yeah. what I understand, is it like recruitment founded in the UK or yeah. developed in the UK? <laughs> um, and but it was very much developed in a highly sales-driven yeah. culture and environment. It was like when I first started, there was a team in in the business that we worked in that basically stood by the fax machine with a pile of CVs, faxed CVs to an organization, and then just stood there with the phone, phoning up, phoning up, you've got the CVs, you've got the CVs. Yeah. Like it was, it was a proper sales job. Um, and I think we're much more now a services organ foot services industry. And yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's changed a lot. I'm moving to Europe. I've always wanted to move to Europe. Come to Spain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, quite I like live in Malaga now since uh, since six weeks ago. We opened up a new office here in Malaga, Spain. And yeah, the, the only regret that I have is that I didn't do it sooner. Really? Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. We're 25 degrees out today. <laughs> you, was it your brother, your business partner? Yes. And he's back in Sweden still? He's in Sweden, yeah. I, I, I spoke with him earlier this morning and apparently it was four degrees this morning and rain. <laughs> <laughs> and it's only getting colder for him exactly yeah yeah so oh i can definitely recommend it yeah no i don't i uh i'd like to live in a warmer climate i think i definitely would it's um puts a smile on your face yeah and people it's don't just... frown upon your your occupation in, in spain either right yeah, you yeah, have that yeah. as an added value <laughs> i can go to the pub and actually be myself yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> and i can do a siesta and you can eat tapas <laughs> Right, I'm on the way. I'm on the way. <laughs> nice one. Nice one. Uh, Brilliant. Mm. Oh, this was good fun. Very good fun, Paul. I feel like we can talk for hours here, but I guess yeah. we are running out of time. Um, yeah. Um, cool. So I don't know how I don't know how they wrap these things up, but um, no, it's been fun. Hopefully, we've said some stuff that somebody listens to and says that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, if anybody is listening, if yeah, anybody listens and wants to ask a question or two, and yeah, um, listening on repeat on this one, maybe. <laughs> yeah, re reach out. I'm a, yeah on LinkedIn. I'm on Big Red Recruitment. Paul Miles. So I'm on, on yeah Big Red. Paul Miles. Yeah, same here. I'm on LinkedIn. Philip Nilsson. Work quite so. Feel free to connect. And uh, Paul, I'll catch you in Spain then. See you soon. See you soon. Take care. Okay. Bye. Cheers. Bye.